0: Today on the podcast, my friend Jenny Stice Singh, founder of Wag Theory, which offers functional dog jackets, functional, so get this, she offers hands free leashes and also really nice poop bags. She sits down with me to share how her dogs helped her with her anxiety. Some of the other things that we're talking about in today's episode are how much organization and removing clutter from your life can help when it comes to anxiety and managing anxiety. And Jenny also shares how fond she is of tapping. In case you missed the episode on tapping, Jen Miller was on the show And it's that episode is linked in today's show notes where Jen shared what tapping is, how to just some overall pointers for how to do a tapping session yourself, and then also offers ways to connect with her in guided tapping sessions. So that's definitely linked in today's show notes. And again, uh, Jenny is a fan of tapping. Some of the other things that, uh, so first of all if you're not following jenny at wag theory on instagram you're missing out on some great behind the scenes where jenny shows how she puts together her dog jackets how she puts together her poop bags i love watching it i love geeking out on yeah the machinery that she's using for some doing some rivets um And in addition to that, she also shares videos on how she organizes space sometimes. And these are incredibly helpful for me because I love organization. However, I feel like I'm not really organized. And so I love just watching her pull together things and be able to organize and come up with a really good system that works and do it in very clever ways. So without further ado, Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Holistic Wellness, a podcast exploring the science and metaphysics of health and wellness. I'm your host, Brandi Searcy, founder and formulator at Rain Organica, where you'll find holistic skincare in one simple routine. Today, Jenny Astage joins us to share how she made the decision to leave her full-time job to become a maker, uh, specifically Jenny sews. And she'll share a little bit more about what she was sewing in to begin with and what she's sewing now and that what that whole transition looked like. Hey, Jenny, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Brandy, thank
1: you so much for having me. So can you
0: share what it looked like when, well, first of all, what were you doing way back when you first started sewing and selling things, selling your handbags? Yeah, well, actually, well, do you do you want
1: me to start with actually like just a little introduction of what I do currently, and then we can kind of start with the
0: with yeah, the,
1: you know, the backbone of of how that journey kind of started. So my name is Jenny Ostai. I am the founder and maker behind Wag Theory, and I make stylish and functional dog gear so you can get outside with your pup brain or shine. So that's kind of what I do now. But there is a whole kind of lead up to how I got there, because that is not what I thought I would be doing even two years ago. So now let's go back to kind of where I started. Um, I was, I, my background, I mean, I've had a number of different kind of professional shifts over the years, but I was a project manager in technology and I was great at that job. And I really loved it. I loved working with teams, but it was so stressful. And I there became a point when, um, I wasn't finding joy in the teams I was working with. I switched jobs a couple of times and I just, I, I knew I needed a break. And, and as I was kind of getting to that point, one of the things I was doing on the side to kind of relieve some of that stress was to work on, I started sewing and it, um, I didn't, I don't have a, a design background. I didn't have really much sewing experience, but, um, I did realize that I, I really loved, working with my hands and I started making bags so you know like bags for myself and and um, just experimented I watched a ton of YouTube videos and things like that um, to just learn different techniques and and then at this point in my job when I just kind of had had enough to be honest I thought, you know maybe I can just do this for a while I had saved up some funds and so I had a little bit of a cushion but I thought you know what I'm going to try being a maker and I really had no idea what that meant or, or how hard it would be but turns out it's not a very easy transition and that is also one of the things I realized was that you know when you work in a in a team environment or in a corporate environment, you have a lot of um, ability to kind of hide some of the parts of yourself that maybe aren't as strong. And when you launch out as a maker on your own, um, ready to like sell your goods, it exposes every single like nook and cranny of insecurity that you might ever have. And so that is actually, you know, when we start talking about anxiety and um, that is kind of what I think about is this journey that I had really, um, taking something I loved and was doing, um, as a hobby, turning it into a business and then, and then bringing, um, really finding kind of where my true passion lied. And now I really feel like I'm in a pretty cool spot. So for about a year after I finished my, um, my kind of corporate job, I was making bags and like learning what it was like to be a maker and, um, going to markets, just trying to kind of get out there. And then, Um, because I had a little bit more time with just at home, my, my job was more, or, you know, my schedule was more flexible. That's when my my husband and I decided to get our dogs and really we only meant to get one, but we ended up with two, which meant that I was in like full dog mode um, while I was making these bags and going to the markets and starting social media for this other business called, it was actually called Joe Rose Design and um but when i got the dogs i realized that the medium i was working on in the bags which was wax canvas would make a really great dog jacket so um as my focus was really with the dogs i made them you know prototype jackets and then started to realize that there was a lot of traction and interest when we would wear them outside and i took them to a couple markets and people were really interested in them and so that's when my shift really kind of went towards saying hey you know i have these little these dogs in my life that I'm starting to learn so much about. They are starting to teach me so much about myself. And like, what if I pivot my business and actually do dog stuff? And so that is where that's kind of the long version of how I got to Wag Theory, which is my dog-based business or, you know, um, dogs and or dogs, uh, jackets and accessories. So I'm still sewing but I'm um, wholly focused in the dog space. And then I also make human accessories that um, you can take outside with your dog. So my whole thought with the dogs is that they, um, they, they provide us so much joy. And I really uh, believe that they're such a strong... Um, connection that we have and how, and so much that we can learn from them. And so um, when I think about the different types of products that I have in my collection, it's really tries to be from that lens that says like, okay, well, how would you, you know, what are the types of things that we can do with our dogs? Um, and, you know, how can I improve that, um, you know, the the circumstance in which we're doing it. So, like for example, when you're going outside and walking your dog, I make you know really high quality uh, waterproof leashes and a you know a wax canvas bag for the human to wear to keep your treats inside and things like that, um, as well as kind of my flagship product, with it, which are the dog jackets. So I live in the Pacific Northwest and we have tons of rain, so that is kind of where. Um, the jackets come into play and and they are definitely um, pretty unique. And I've seen a lot of traction of people being pretty interested in them because um, there's not a lot of offerings out in the market right now for a waxed canvas dog jacket. So yeah, that's, that's kind of um, a long-winded answer <laughs> to, to where things are and what I do.
0: <laughs> so circling back around to how you made this decision to become a dog mom, Um, Yeah. In addition to having this free time, you mentioned that you were also dealing with some anxiety. What did that look like and kind of how did it surface for you? I mean, you, you, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there and just let you answer.
1: (laughs) For sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think anxiety is something I've lived with and I have always been trying to, you know, find coping mechanisms my whole life. Um, and so, when i started um doing this the the maker business so a small business just on my own basically solopreneur um every like it just really rocked my confidence um and i think you know when you put yourself out there and you don't get a lot of response or you're not understanding how to get the traction you need. It's just, it's so hard and you feel alone and kind of isolated in this experience. You know, other people are going through it, but there's just, it's really hard to sit there day in and day out, have the, um, kind of have the, just uh, the, the courage, I guess, to continue day in and day out, regardless of the the response that you're getting because what I've learned as a maker is that it just takes so much I, I never realized to be honest how hard it would be and it takes so much longer um, than I ever realized to just kind of build momentum in a in a you know for for a foundation business that you want to be is going to be around for a while like there's lots of tips and tricks for how to do things really quickly but I'm about building something foundational and kind of for the long haul and that is a slow growth and so I think that, you know, your mind gets in the way and my mind gets in the way constantly. And, you know, I have a lot of, um, you know, behavior in my mind about just um, not being good enough or not being enough or not, you know, not um, having the skills or the experience to be able to do this. And so that's kind of where I think the self-talk and the anxiety shows up Um, and then, and then, you know, I've been really just working on different types of coping because of that. Does, that. does that answer your question or do you want me to go into kind of what I do for to kind of handle that or?
0: Yeah, so what had <laughs> you been doing to handle that before you, I mean, you mentioned that your dogs are, are helping you with this. What were you, yeah. what techniques and um, things were you using before, before you got your boys?
1: Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's changed a lot. I think, you know, our lives go up and down and, and different techniques and things like that help at different points in our lives. But I would say um, a huge one for me has been exercise. Um, and it's interesting that has changed, like the way that I exercise now, especially with my dogs has changed. Um, but that has always been a really um, key way for me to process my thought, like running, you know, and things like that, getting outside, processing my thoughts, and kind of just trying to um, get a clear mind before maybe starting back up with work and things like that. So I would say exercise is really something that I've always done. Um, I have tried meditation so many times. I've, I honestly am not very good at it. And uh, I don't do it right now. Um, I have found some other techniques that um, help me more. Um, so I would say the other thing that I did previously was um, a lot of decluttering, so i have um I really feel like clean like clearing out my the space in my brain <laughs> where all of these thoughts live is is um how I become kind of more centered and balanced in at peace, And so a big part of that is, is a, a huge um, decluttering of physical space for me. And so I did lots of um, work even before I quit my job uh, around um, cleaning out my closet. I did some capsule wardrobes where you, you know, you kind of eliminate some of the choices because we all have, you know, uh, decision fatigue so, um, removing those, you know, that excess and really deep, like taking my lifestyle down to a little bit more of a manageable level so that when I came into my home, it just felt more relaxing. And, and so then that way you just have a little bit more space, I guess, to deal with like the,
0: the thought patterns
1: that are happening in your head.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned decision fatigue and, Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm so right there with you on just trying to keep everything as simple and as streamlined and as minimalist as possible. I would say I'm far from a capsule wardrobe. (laughs) Can you talk about, (laughs) not to get too, too far down the rabbit hole here, but, uh, I could use some tips on this. (laughs) You want me to talk about- Yeah, like just in terms of how did you go about deciding- because for me, I'll pull something out that I haven't worn in three years oh. and be like, oh, well, but it's kind of cute and yeah. it'll go right back in. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that, so I um, I listened to um, a podcast and, and kind of read a lot of blogs around. I think her name is Courtney Carver. It's called Be More With Less. And so it really comes down. I mean, ultimately, to, I think all of this journey comes down to like, not like, Um, feeling okay with exactly where you are and who you are in that moment without all of this stuff. And so, you know, it not only is it just um, getting rid of the things because you can easily just get them right back into your closet, but like doing the inner work around really feeling satisfied and enough with exactly where you are and what you have in that moment so that then it doesn't matter so much. So the decisions don't feel so, like, so dire, I guess. Um, so like when I looked in my closet, I, um, you have to just get a little uncomfortable with it, I think, to start. Um, and one of the things that I did was I actually, I had a suitcase and I took out all of the things that I thought would like be, you um, so things I could live without and I put them in that suitcase and I and I didn't get rid of them rid of them. I just put them away. And then if I couldn't remember what was in there, then it was probably a good decision that like I, it could go the next step and like be be given away. And so I kind of did it in a step process like that so it didn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm just like tossing it all out. It was like, well let me take this first step and see how it feels. And then sometimes you might be like, you know what? No, that yellow shirt, I need it back. And you can go get it and put it back in your closet. <laughs> but that was one way that I that I worked through that. Um, and I actually, I don't do full capsule um, wardrobes or anything like that, but I do, um, I keep a suitcase and I only put out things in my closet that are in season for that time period. And I put all of the other clothes away and I rotate them out in the season. So then at least it's like, you only have what you need at that moment. And it doesn't feel like you've got all this stuff you have to sort through every moment, you know, every time you want to like, find that one thing that's seasonally appropriate for right now.
0: Okay, thank you for taking the time to explain that a a little more. (laughs) And as far as so so that was your closet, as far as kind of the space that you're in most of your day. How did that, so first of all, you are so organized and so creative when it comes to your organization, just from some of the things that you've shared on Instagram. And I am so, I love the idea of being organized and yet, especially my workspace, it is just, it, it just devolves into chaos every single day. Um. So do you have any pointers or strategy for keeping it keeping that workspace in order. So I actually use, I think I use a similar
1: concept with my workspace. And it is kind of funny because I will find myself spending time moving things around. But really what it comes down to, so I have a physical studio space. Um, and I and I keep everything here that I use. And if there's other things that I, you know, like I have display pieces that maybe I'm not using right now, but I don't want to get rid of them. So I keep all of that stuff in a separate area. And it's, you know, right now it's at my house in a closet. So um, that way, when I look around, you know, I have just what I need and I can be come in and feel more focused because I just, uh, I know I'm not going to have to like look through things in order to find that yeah. one thing that I need for today. so i I guess I, I use a similar concept. I do, though maybe I'm weird in this way, but I really enjoy organizing. And so it's actually a stress reliever for me to do it. Um, and and maybe that's just a personality thing. Um, or you know, part of my wiring that I find joy in in kind of I actually have to go the opposite way, which is stop procrastinating by reorganizing everything let's just dive in and get the work done (laughs) because I can find myself coming back to that and like wanting to, to like retool how everything is set up because I can think of a better way to do it when that's not the most valuable part of the business. Right. (laughs) So, but there's something to be said about feeling good and having what you need, I think. And, um, but not too much.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay. So you mentioned the organization and the exercise and you alluded to perhaps some other techniques that you were using to (laughs) deal with
1: anxiety. So for now, this is very recent, but I, and I know you have a podcast on this. So I recently learned tapping techniques.
0: Okay. And
1: uh, so EFT, emotional I don't, I can't remember what it stands for. Um, but basically it's using kind of the pressure points in your face and other areas to, um, lower kind of just like your nervous system can calm down, um, by using these points, as you say, certain, um, phrases and things like that, that, uh, that might trigger you. So for example, you know, wanting to say like, okay, if I'm, afraid of something or feeling nervous. I can go through these exercises and it really does. I mean, I, I was shocked um, that it was like such a powerful experience. Um, I found it through a book um, that, a, well, you know everything is kind of um, started in one way but I, a friend recommended a book to me. I read it, I found a different book. This book is all about tapping. And that is how I got the introduction to it. And it has really, I mean, I would call it life-changing. Like the, the, the sense of um, nervousness that I feel in my chest has, it's lowered, like, all, like a whole life level down, and I would say in the past six months because of this technique that I started using. And so I, um, I find it incredibly powerful and I, and I do it a
0: lot. Um, okay. and that has really helped. Yeah. Okay. And then your dogs, how have they helped with your anxiety level? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I think that what they have done is just to provided a whole level of kind of joy and enrichment to the, to my life that I didn't know I was, didn't have like our life was really great before the dogs. And, and I, but I smile and I laugh. Um, and I feel so much more joy now, um, because of them. So I don't have children. Um, my husband and I won't have them. And, and these, these are our little babies and they, I just, it was, it was such a, um, amazing surprise. Like we, when we were planning to get a dog, I just, um, when, we, when I had a dog, when we were, when I was a kid, it was it was like um a fixture in our life that we didn't think that much about it was you know the dog was there i i just don't remember having such a strong connection and the minute we got these dogs i just you know want for one you know um you you have such a connection because you have to you know you're the one that they depend on so there's like a need you know like all of a sudden I'm needed by these dogs. And so, you know, we built this really strong kind of bond through that. And, and there's the whole, um, you know, there's, there are studies that show that, is it the serotonin? Like the, there's like the um, chemical reaction that happens in our brains. When we look at, um, when humans look at, like a mother looks at a baby, you have the same um, type of reaction with dogs. And so like, um, you have this like, overwhelming kind of like love and joy and and the studies also I believe show that the dogs can feel in return so there is a reciprocal kind of connection happening there and I have to say like they also know when to pull me away like I work a lot and they will tell me when it's time to take a break and it's just so funny that I sometimes need that because I won't do it myself and, you know, but they're right there to tell me that it's time for the walk or it's time for lunch and they're really not gonna let me slide on any of that, you know, and so I think that they provide some structure um, to the days and, and that element of exercise, like getting outside with them. I I think in the pandemic, that was just something that I, I am so thankful for, um, you know, so many of us just felt stuck and isolated at home and that um, ability to get outside or like that um, requirement to get outside with the dogs, really, you know, the minute you get outside, you just have just such a different perspective and, you know, the fresh air and just the movement in your body um, is, has just, I think that we were so fortunate to have them through the pandemic to kind of provide that, um, that break for us.
0: Yeah yeah since you've had them, have you noticed that your confidence has been drastically improved? I think it's everything together. Um, okay. I
1: would say I have um, I have, you know, as we all do, uh, ups and downs um and as I mentioned earlier, you know, there is this tough like to when you launch products and you put yourself out there, if you don't get, you know, the response that you're expecting, um, it's really sad. Like you, you feel sad and like um, disappointed in yourself. And I will wholeheartedly admit that there have been times that I've cried But you know what, those little guys will come over and lick my tears and make me feel so much better. So maybe they have, I mean, in that regard, like, you know, they, um, they're never going to judge us. They just like come with love and, you know, wear their emotions on their sleeves. And so I think it kind of allows us to do the same. And so I, um, indirectly, I guess maybe, yes,
0: it has (laughs) increased my confidence so do they go with you uh well probably to so you're doing quite a bit of shows and um local local events right do they go with you to those no okay (laughs) so
1: i will say that um they my so my dogs dewy and solo they are australian labradoodles they have a lot of energy and they kind of run the show at our house like they we give them a lot of attention they um and they would just want me to hang out with them you know the whole time if yeah. i was at a show and and the reality is is that there is a lot um of explaining and, and conversation that i need to do around the um the products that i that i have and so they won't just sit there and like chill out and lay down you know, under my chair while I do that. Like, they are, they just have a whole other level of energy. Um, they can do it a little while, but it's like they can do it for 10 minutes and they're like, yes, I've been very <laughs> good. Where's my treat? You know, and it's like a lot of, a lot of that. And we do a lot of socialization, like taking them to restaurants and things like that. But it is, um, it's not their natural, that's not where they feel most comfortable, right? Like, they yeah. live in a, they do that for us, like, and I really do, um, I try to think about that, right, like, um, the same way that, that they're my dog models, right, like, I try to make it a, um, a positive experience for them, too, because I know that when it comes down to it, they don't really want to be sitting there in front of the camera for a long time, so I, I try to, like, prepare as much as I can um, beforehand, we do the stuff, they're very, they're very willing to please, like, They want to do a good job for me. It's really sweet, Um, but also like I reward them with really delicious treats, and I try not to take very long because I do know it's not what they want to be doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So have you (laughs) noticed? I feel like you're an incredibly empathetic person already, Jimmy. And have you noticed that your empathy levels have increased since you've gotten your dogs?
1: Yeah, I bet they have. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think just because they, I am like what I've realized about our relationship is how easy it is to ignore them. Like I could easily put my headphones on, shut the door and they would sit outside my office or whatever and they would just take it, you know? And so like, there's this level of like, we have the power as humans to like, take the relationship how we want to. And I do feel like there's an element of that that has made me reflect on how easy that is in our lives with other people or, you know, causes and things like that as well. So, yeah.
0: Well, Okay, I'm not at a loss for questions. Um, I just kind of. <laughs> I'm also trying to think of which, um, which way makes the most sense to continue with this conversation while we're recording here without. <laughs> yeah. Without stopping and full full on taking advantage of my time with Jenny <laughs> myself. Um, <laughs> Okay, maybe this would be a great opportunity to ask you. Is, is there anything that you would like to share in this episode that that we haven't talked about already, or more on um, more on the topic of anxiety or confidence building or kind of all of the things?
1: Hmm. I feel like we've touched a lot on the different aspects of how, um, anxiety is a part of my life as a maker and a small business um, owner and how the dogs are part of that. Um, gosh, and and I also, we talked about how kind of my collection tries to, um, you know, support that connection between the dogs. And so I think that's probably what I would, um, you know, hope, like if people are interested in dog wear and like what what I you know what I make that that is kind of how you know how I approach it is this um you know I really believe that the connection that we have with our dogs is really special and so I I take that really wholeheartedly like in the designs and in what I do for my work because I just I think that, you know, when we do have the opportunity to shape our own businesses, like we get to write the script on how that happens. And so that's kind of the lens that I, that I try to, um, kind of start from, uh, as I like create this kind of business that I have. So I think that's it.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your story, sharing how, yeah, just sharing your progression from, uh, the workforce to becoming, well, to lunching out as a solopreneur and, and how, how your boys fit into that equation. This has been fantastic. Well, thank you so much for having me. Do you know someone who would benefit from some of the anxiety management tips that Jenny shares in this episode? Go ahead and hit that share button to send over to them now. I really enjoyed this episode because Jenny and I, we started our journey towards rebranding at about the same time. And we've very much traveled through this together. We met each other prior to the pandemic in a branding class. And it's just, she's just been such a great friend and so nice to have. As a fellow entrepreneur, because much of what she shared in, or I would say all of what she shared in today's episode, uh, I've definitely felt myself as an entrepreneur. And it is hard, especially being a solopreneur, to um, feel like you are getting traction and are being seen in a world where other people have marketing budgets. So anyways... realizing that the past few weeks have been a little bit different here on the podcast. And of course, we are the, of course, holistic wellness is a podcast about all things wellness, not just physical wellness, but also mental wellness and wellness for all parts of your life, including your pets. So realizing that this series has been a little bit different here on the podcast. We're circling back around to full-on talking about skincare next week. And yes, that's right, next week, starting with a bonus episode on preservatives. The next series will be all about preservatives and breaking it down into the bonus episode, which is what are preservatives and why are they necessary in your skincare? Then we'll follow up with what the regulations are in the US versus Europe regarding preservatives in skincare, and we'll round out this series with a conversation on alternative preservatives. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, hit that follow button. And as always, thank you so much for listening and until next time. Bye.